Today we're going to talk about the proper way to do Simran, Bhajan, and Dhyan, what they really are and how should we do them, with descriptions by Babuji, Swamiji, Ramana, and Dadu. Babuji, and this is a discourse from January 4th, 1934, said, at present salvation is not possible at all by any name other than the true name of the Lord, the Lord of the soul, Radhaswami. Cannot be done by any name other than Radhaswami Nam. Radhaswami faith, he says, or Satmat, more appropriately, is quite different from all other faiths. It cannot be compared with any other faith in this world. Those who attempt to compromise do so with a view to winning the favor of others. So though he's basically saying those who try and teach something other than the true teaching of Swamiji or Kabir or Mira that he also mentions. Uh, do so um, if they attempt to compromise it, to add claims to it, add additional things to it that aren't true. Only do so with a view to winning the favor of others. Indeed, what they do is a kind of propaganda. And we do not have to please anyone by flattery, nor is any kind of propaganda permitted in the true faith. Of course, if a true seeker comes, he's always told the plain truth. The truth that has been plainly told through most of my teachings, he says, nothing has been concealed. Argumentation, disputation is of course not permitted. That would serve no purpose. Rare saints like Kabir and Mira and Swamiji gave hints about the true nature of Radhaswami Nam. Whenever any name was revealed, the time was appropriate for it. And now is the time for the revolution, revelation of the name, the true name of God, the Lord of the soul, or Radhaswami, Radhaswami Nam, sometimes called, sometimes also called a Shabbat or Sarshabat or the soundless sound. Redemption of any degree whatsoever is now not possible by any other nam or method other than Radhaswami nam and the method prescribed in true Satmat uh, teachings. Swamiji, uh, talking about Swamiji of Radhaswami claim, Swamiji Maharaji had even chosen to preach Sat nam to people who were not familiar with it or who would or who were adherents of other types of of Nam. The object in view, however, was to save them from adopting any other type of trivial or false Nam. Thus a way was paved for them too, to be able to maintain a link with the true name of God, with Ashabat or Sarshabat or Soundless Sound or with Radhaswami Nam. Radhaswami Nam is of course by itself, 
sat desh. In other words, it is the consciousness of heaven. It is the consciousness of Radhaswami. Sat desh or Radhaswami is sat nam. It is sar shabat. It is the, what we need to concentrate on on this path. If Radhaswami nam were dear to them, they would have engendered love for Radhaswami Dayal, which is uh, also another name for Swamiji, and his words. In the entire Sarbashan poetry by Swamiji, it is only Radhaswami Nam, the true name of God, which has been described as eternal. Radhaswami Nam, he says, is the spoken name of Sat Daesh. But what we need to concentrate on is the true name, the hidden name, the formless form, the soundless sound of the Lord of the soul. Simran of this very name, practice of this very name, and listening to this very name, and dion of this very form will have to be performed. All these are really one and the same. So he's saying that true Simran, true Dion, and true bhajan is no different than merging into the nameless name and should only be performed on the nameless name and not on the spoken words. And when done so, it's really one and the same. He then goes on to say in another discourse on October 12, 1933, that Simran, Dion, and bhajan are three different activities of the same form. In all of them, it is the Sat Shabbat, the Radhaswami Shabbat, which should be worshipped and followed and adhered to. Sat Mat has always remained hidden, and there's no real difference between the Lord of the Soul and true Sat Mat teachings. Saints who have made their advent earlier did not always disclose the secrets of Radhaswami no although Kabir and uh, Paltu and Mira have made many references to it at many places in their teachings. Keeping in view that the spiritual fitness of jivas in general and the suitability of time, they did, however, uh, were some of the first saints to reveal the secrets. The jiva has got, the soul has gone through thousands and thousands of births and deaths, but there has been no opportunity for him so far to reverse his course. Death has been of some use, but it has also brought some purification. But this is only in the sense that it enabled the jiva to do what he had to do in his next life and further eradication of many karmas um, were affected by death and could not be done otherwise. However, the maj and mercy of God in this time have also been at work in a hidden form. The strength and ego of the mind, which Surat has assumed, in the beginning went on decrease, decreasing gradually, and when the time was ripe for the stream of karmas to weaken, saints appear. And then the jivas, for the sake of the jivas and for the performance of Shabbat practice, through the strength of which Surat was acquired. Surat is all-powerful in itself. The soul is all-powerful in itself. It is of the same essence 
the same source, the same quality, the same Shabbat as God himself. Maj gets the chance to work openly when the strength of the mind is impaired. When the strength of the mind weakens, then the grace of God takes hold in the soul. But most important for all of this is humility. Indeed, humility is an essential prerequisite for the successful performance of Surat Shabbat. Unless the jiva is truly humble, he cannot be redeemed even by the Supreme Being, though he may want to do so. There's many forms of humility. It will not do to be humble for the sake of some gain and under some pressure. Humility really consists in the soul's ability to emerge free from the influence of mana and mind. It occurs after annihilating the ego of the mind, which Surat assumed over itself. No striving or effort is required for achieving that. What is required is, is adherence. Surat has been outwardly inclined in previous lifetimes and therefore fallen into the delusion that nothing can be done without taking recourse to intellect and endeavor, but this is a wrong approach. Everything that has to be done is being done by the mercy and maj of God himself, who rests at the very core of your soul. Bliss, happiness, consciousness, and knowledge are, are all different attributes and forms of love. It is love that is truth. Love alone is bliss, and love alone is the Holy Spirit. The Lord himself is the source and is all love. Bliss consists in the surah, the soul being attracted inward towards this reservoir, this towards this ocean of love. Its inclination outward and diffusion constitute delusion. There is only a partial pull here and not any attraction. The attraction, he says, Simran, Diyan, and Bhajan are different approaches to the exact same form, to the exact same thing, and that is pure consciousness of Radhaswami Nam. Radhaswami Nam is worshipped and should only be worshipped in all of them. One performs the Simran of Nam, which is of the form of Radhaswami Nam, contemplates the formless form of Shabbat and Dion, and listens with his consciousness to the true name of God and the Bhajja. This is something that I learned early on the path and something that Charan Singh also taught me. I was blessed with the ability to perceive the greater self, the conscious self, the Radhaswami Nam, at a very, very early age. And as a teenager, that's all I did. I go days without hearing thoughts, just staying in consciousness. And we always get, as new souls, as returning souls, despite what some saints will say, you always get pulled back into the mind a little bit so that once in the mind, you can learn what troubles others and eventually teach the ways out of the mind. And I went in and out, of course, like all... Uh, 
souls blessed with this consciousness. And we all have that consciousness. It's just some of us are aware of us a little earlier than others. And that only has to do with the, our previous births and what we need to experience and when we need to experience it in any one lifetime. So great saints are no different than greatest sinners. We all have the power within us. We all have that true name within us. But eventually, uh, I met, uh, I came across the Radhaswami path and began to follow it. Charan Singh was the only person that I had met up to that point in time when I was 19 that was talking about the consciousness that I had discovered earlier in life. But then I, I so I started doing Simran and Bhajan and Dion and in Simran, I started doing it in the formal Radhaswami style. But after a while, and I got it to be automatic and within six months, so I was doing Simran day and night, 24 hours a day. I'd wake up with Simran in my mind as a dreamer, wake up in the morning doing Simran, always going continually. And eventually I developed a, uh, a sense of being a silent observer, uh, like much like I was when I was 10 or 12. And I relaxed and I relaxed and I relaxed and I asked Maharaji to do the Simran for me since I knew I wasn't the mind at that point. And he did. And his voice did the Simran inside of my head. I had never heard uh, Charan Singh do Simran before. And it wasn't until five years later that I heard uh, Charan Singh teaching the Simran at uh, an initiation session of new souls in Bayas. And it was his voice that I was hearing five years earlier when I first started doing Simran. It was the melody, same melody that he used when he taught Simran to the new initiates. And he did it with so much love. It was the same love. And he relaxed even more and I could hear the melody and the rhythm in the Simran relaxed even more, and I could hear the sound current that Charan Singh was listening to as he did this Simran in my head. Relaxed even more, went deeper and deeper and deeper in consciousness, into his consciousness. And I could hear the consciousness that Charan Singh was experience, experiencing that was creating the sound current, that created the harmony and the melody that created the words that Charan Singh said in my head. And I realized it was the same consciousness that I had been listening to when I was a teenager and even younger. And so for that time forward, I realized unequivocally that the only way to do Simran or Bhajan or Dion is to listen consciously to that flow of loving consciousness within you. So for 50 some years, my only practice has been consciously experiencing the God's consciousness as Simran, Bhajan, and Dion. And it's, it's the same thing that Babuji had just described, listening with your consciousness to God consciousness to the true name of God, the Radhaswami Nam. That's the Shabbat that Babuji and Swamiji practice. That's the 
Simran and Bhajan and Dian that they taught. If we look at the teachings of Ramana, they're really not any different. He's a great consciousness teacher in, in recent years. He says in one point that all objective knowledge, all thought forms, visible objects, all things heard, all questions and answers, all the food consumed and other illusions, not being apart from the self, the and he means the true self, the God self, capital S, and not the small self of the mind, should be regarded as God self only. Therefore, he says, one should practice the habit of regarding everything as Brahman self only. In other words, stay lost in the consciousness of Brahman self. He says, and do this until all thought of other things other than the consciousness of the true self is lost and forgotten. This condition once achieved should not be give room for any other thought or any other meditation practice of any kind whatsoever. One should ever abide in Mahamunam, peace of total stillness. Then he goes on to say, that in which the whole universe is born and into which it is absorbed in dissolution is the true self of the soul. Devoted worship and meditation on that true self of pure consciousness alone will attract God's grace and mercy, which is indispensable for liberation. As the true self is sought, meditative contact with the self, the true self, is itself also true satsang or association with sadhu who abide only in the true self. As the Brahman self, in other words, as nirvana consciousness is the highest association with the self, therefore one should only engage in this type of consciousness. When practicing meditation on the true self, one should always think firmly that all diversities of soul, world, creator are simply but undifferentiated aspects of consciousness. By practice, our consciousness is freed from thoughts, after which we can give, we can go beyond thought and abide always in the thought-free state of the self. These are not mere words. These are not mere words. When first with humility, we submit ourselves silently, calmly, freely, lovingly to the mystic silence and do nothing that takes effort, as Swamiji and Babuji reminds us as well. Then eventually we experience these states of pure consciousness. And as much as possible from that point forward, we should stay in that state of pure consciousness and the way in which to do it is to realize that everything, everything that exists, exists from and as this state of pure consciousness. We can call it love of God. We can call it divine presence. Call it whatever we want to call it. It is a state of pure loving consciousness between God 
in whatever aspect of life that we are experiencing, whether we're experiencing our own self, whether we are tasting, feeling, smelling, hearing, thinking, anything in the world, those things are endowed with the same pure consciousness, created by the same pure consciousness that flows through us and out into the world. Abidance in the state of thought-free awareness is the state of mukti, beyond all thought and expression. And this is a state we have to reach. It's a state within which we are practicing the true Simran, the true Bhajan, the true Dion at all times. In other words, we are practicing the true name of God. We are singing the true name of God. We are listening to the current of loving consciousness that flows through us through that same consciousness all the time. Not with our minds, not with our words, not with our thoughts, but with our own true consciousness. He says abidance in the self in this manner is the true non-dual samadhi that alone leads one to the eternal bliss of Satchitananda or Nirvana consciousness. Or as Babaji would say, to the Radhaswami consciousness or Radhaswami Nam. There are no such things as achieved objectives and the efforts leading to them. Association with the wise or the ignorant, efforts of learning and knowledge acquired, acts of inquiry and practice, the learned, the learned, and any goals achieved. What exists only is God consciousness, which is also the effulgent self-awareness at the core of our soul. One should be firm in their conviction that there are no charitable acts, there is no seva, there is no simran, bhajan, dhyan, no loss, no gain, no loser, no gainer, no karma, no bhakti, no wisdom, and no knower or anything known, all of these thought forms are bound to be dissolved and lost in the true name of God, in the Brahman self, in Sat Chit Ananda, which is the sole existence that everything is. Everything is only a concoction of time, space, and energy. All else is the trite talk of people who dislike the effort of true sadhana, a true sadhana of pure consciousness, which takes them ultimately to the true self. Only by persistent practices and experience of God consciousness in our souls can one arrive at the truth that all concepts of souls, world, and the causes thereof are just an effervescent shadows on the screen of God consciousness. There is never such a thing as conception of names and forms. No such things as the conceiving mind and no such thing as a person lost in samsara and no such things as the world and the creator. No such things as light or objects that we see in the causal plane or 
or in the world. Everything that seems to exist must be realized as nothing other than soul pure awareness, sat, chit, ananda, awareness of nirvana. Whatever is found to exist is sat, chit, ananda only. Whatever is pleasurable is ananda bliss only. And so one should ever abide in the bedrock pavana of sat chitananda. This is essentially what Charan Singh taught me. Dadu also said that the supreme creator, after having created man as a venerable temple, has taken abode in the very heart of this temple. The entire creation of God, comprising many regions of indispensable, indescribable splendor and all forms of matter, are all contained within man. And with the grace and guidance of the Lord, any man can see everything within himself and realize the secret of how the entire macrocosm is contained within the microcosm. In other words, Realize a secret of how the consciousness of the heavens is contained within the consciousness of man. He says, where, there, where is the one who has created me? Asked the disciple. Show him to me, O Lord. The Lord is within the heart of the self. Fix thy mind there, saith Dadu. My Lord is within me. Show him then by removing the veil. Let the small self, let the soul meet the Supreme Lord face to face. This is the ultimate truth. In the beginning, we use our mind on the path and we use different yogic methods to try and still the mind. And when the mind is still enough and when we're also humble enough, when that humility is total when it's true. The sense of self disappears, the sense of self-perception, the act of self-perception disappears in pure humility. And in pure humility, in the absence of thought, in pure humility, God consciousness arises within the soul. And when we least expect it, we fall into that God consciousness. That already permeates our soul, that already permeates every single second of pure awareness in the soul. And it is this pure awareness of the soul, this humble, pure awareness of the soul is all we need to do. We just need to stay there. Let that awareness be awake. Let that awareness do what it does naturally. Babaji goes on to describe in several other discourses that it is that the inherent nature, the inherent quality of the soul is to be continually and fervently attached to nothing but the loving consciousness of the Lord. This is something that it will always do if we simply let it be, let it be, let it be. So once we, the soul has awakened and when we're in these states of humility, 
and thoughtlessness and effortlessness, when we're lovingly in these states, the soul wakes up, experiences God consciousness flowing through it and becomes attached to it. From that point forward, we have the option, the capability of being able to stay on the path. Yea, stay in the path by maintaining our attachment, by maintaining our love to the loving consciousness that's flowing through us. And as Swamiji and Babuji have very loudly proclaimed, that should be our Simha, that should be our Bhajan, that should be our Dion. This is the way it was always meant to be. The true Simran, true Bhajan, the true Dion should be done by the soul in loving consciousness and on the loving consciousness of the Lord. For this is the way back home. This is what all the saints have said. Kabir said the same thing. Hafiz said the same thing. Babuji and Swamiji both proclaimed the same things about Kabir and Hafiz and others. Tulsi Sahib used to talk constantly about Kabir and Hafiz and Mir and their teachings as well. And the teachings that Swamiji would soon give, which would be the same. And Babuji was a follower of Kabir and Hafiz and Swamiji and Tulsi Sahib as well. All of these saints taught the same path. Ramana taught the same path. Many great Sufis taught the same path. Many saints on other planets and in other dimensions have taught the same path. It's a path of humility. It's a path of consciousness. And the way to practice Simran, Dion, and Bhajan properly is to do it in a state of pure, loving consciousness. This is our way back home. Namaste.